Hey everyone, I'm Lacey. And I'm Deborah. And this is Through the Fire, an NPBC podcast. We do this out of North Point Baptist Church in Carrollton, Georgia. And we are going over the Daily Grace Co's Emotions in the Heart study. Uh, we are on week four on the podcast. Um, but we're looking at a couple days in the study, just week three, day three and four. So glad to have you, Deborah. Welcome back. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, for those of you that listen to um, week three, Deborah is a friend of mine from seminary, um, as y'all all know. So uh, she is has so much to add on all of these different topics. We're excited to have you. Thanks. Uh, so last week we looked at joy, anger, and God's emotions. And this week, we're going to dig into the word and look at uh, two emotions in particular, grief and jealousy. So I know these are kind of like downer emotions. Uh, (laughs) They're not super fun to talk about, uh, but they're really important. Both of these are not just negative emotions. Both of these can be positive and used for God's glory. So first, let's look at week three, day three, which talks about grief. Uh, Grief is defined as a deep sadness, sorrow, or anguish. It can come after the loss of a loved one, uh, the loss of a career or possessions, the loss of a relationship. Um, It can come from something that someone has done or failed to do. And as we all know, we live in a fallen world and experiencing loss and grief is inevitable. Death is a repercussion of the sin that's in the world, as Romans 6.23 tells us. And that's both a physical death and a spiritual death. So, as we've done with other emotions, it's important that we see how God experiences or shows these emotions. Because that's what we want to emulate, right? So, how does God experience and show grief? Genesis 6, verses 5 and 6 God was grieved because of the sin that was rampant on the earth. We see in Ephesians 4.30 that the Holy Spirit is grieved by disobedience, which is sin, and the gratification of the sinful desires of the flesh. And then in John 11.35, which is Jesus wept, and Luke 22.44, Jesus wept at the death of a friend and agonized in the garden before his death. So it's super important that we realize that all three members of the Trinity have experienced grief. And I'm going to be honest, that's something that I had never thought about before we did this study. Mm. Um, But it's so important to notice that God continued through his grief to pave a way for redemption for mankind. He wasn't just grieved by our sin and then left us in it. You know, he, he made a way for us to be redeemed and come through that with his help, obviously. What does our grief show us? It, it shows us that this world and everything in it is fleeting. It loosens our grip on earthly treasures. It helps us to look forward to the day when death will no longer exist. It motivates us to use the short time we have on earth for what really matters, which is loving God and loving our neighbors. 
it motivates us to seek comfort in our community and in the Lord. And as Galatians 6, 2 tells us, carry one another, one another's burdens. It weakens us on many levels, but it gives us an opportunity for our weakness to be met with God's strength. But on the other side, it can also lead us to hopelessness and encourage us to sink into the darkness, which drains us of our strength, our hope, and even our joy. It can push us to shut out God's comfort and God's care for us, which isolates us even further. Biblical grief doesn't involve pretending the loss never happened, but it also doesn't involve sinking into it. So that's two ends of the spectrum, but biblical grief is somewhere in the middle. It's feeling the loss while knowing that God is still who he says he is. He is good. He is in control. He loves you and he's for you. So how do we... um, go about seeing grief in others. What do we do? So we are to mourn with those who mourn, as Romans 12, 15 tells us, because there is a time to mourn. There, I mean, Ecclesiastes 3, 4 tells us that. There is a time to do that, but we're not supposed to grieve like the world who doesn't have what we have in Jesus. As we know from Paul in 1 Thessalonians verses 13 to 18. So how do we do that? How can you do that in your daily life? How can you mourn with those who mourn while not grieving like the world that doesn't have hope? Just think about that for a few minutes. Really think about how to practically apply that in your own life. Yes, it's important to manage our own grief to make sure That we're feeling the loss, but still knowing that God is who he says he is. But it's even more important to be helping our neighbor to do that. Um, So how can you help other people do that? Pause the podcast if you have to. Think about that for for a minute. Journal it out. Whatever you need to do. Really pray about it and see how you can help other people grieve the biblical way. You know, Lacey, I think that's, I think it's really good. I also think that um, it's also good to note among all the other things you've listed off that sometimes we grieve over unmet expectations and, you know, people in our life stage, we, some of us, not all of us, um, if you're single, you might want to be married or you may desire to have children. I know that that's something that we've both talked about um, together. And sometimes, like, even, you know, when you hear a young mother struggling with infertility and things like that, the world seems to look at that and be able to grieve with her. Hopefully they do. Um, but even as single people, we deal with certain things, like struggles with that. Um, Because even though we're not in a position to have children, we still struggle with infertility in a different type of sense. And so there are so many unmet expectations that we're grieving along with possible loss of life and things like that. Um, But we also have to remember that not all of our desires are met this side of heaven. And 
you talked about the hope that we have in God and focusing on that. And that's what we also have to do in situations where our expectations and desires aren't met, you know, while we're here on this earth. Yeah, that's good. So let's look at week three, day four, which is jealousy. So they define jealousy as feeling passionate and protective over something we think belongs to us or something we think we deserve. This can look like wanting what someone else has, but that's not the only way jealousy shows itself. So like we've done with the others, let's look at God's jealousy. In Exodus 34, 14, he says that he's a jealous God. So we are not to bow to any other God. He's jealous for our work because it belongs to him. I mean, we belong to him. So he wants us to worship him. You know, um, like he gives the picture in Hosea of the people of Israel being the bride that just keeps going back and keeps going back to the other gods and to other people and being adulterous in that way. And God is saying that he is the husband in that sense. Uh, these people keep, you know, cheating on him, basically. And he's saying he's jealous about that. And um, like with anger, there's a thin line for godly jealousy enacted by us sinful people. Um, and that lines between being holy and being sinful. So we're not entitled to or deserving of anything in this world. Like, let's get that straight right now. We're not entitled to anything. So that takes out part of it. Um, something we think we deserve. We have no justifiable means to be jealous since the things that we belong are not ours. Everything that belongs, that we say belongs to us, belongs to God and not us. Like our possessions, our passions, and our personalities even. The only time when, well, one of the times, one of the times when jealousy could be godly is in the covenant relationship between a husband and a wife. Because marriage encourages that same love and commitment as God's covenant with his people. So in that same sense, like I talked about from Hosea, the husband standing there while the wife is cheating on him. I mean, the two became one. So he is jealous that she's looking to someone else to fill a void that he is supposed to be filling, you know? Um, jealousy can turn sinful when we're jealous over something that, you know, someone else has that we think we deserve. Or when we are jealous over their season of life that we want. This, this can breed discontentment, insecurity, and entitlement. And it can even push us to isolate ourselves from God and community. And we know from our previous discussions um, in this Bible study and others that we're not meant to do the Christian life on our own. We have to have that community, especially with God. But we're also meant to have community with others, with the church. And um, doing the Christian life can't really be done on your own. Um, it's going to be super lonely and really hard. And, I mean, it's it was just not built that way. 
So anything that comes between you and your community or between you and God, you might want to check your heart because that's possibly sinful. Um, so let's just think about the last time that you were jealous. Um, we all know that from our heart comes our emotions. Your emotions expose what you believe, whether you believe that you deserve something and that that shows your discontentment um, with what God's already given you, that kind of thing. So what do your emotions expose about your beliefs or your perceptions talking about the last time that you were jealous. So if you want to pause the podcast and think about that for a minute, again, you know, journal, talk to God about it, really look inside yourself and see where that jealousy is coming from. Um, see what's the root of it. Cause again, until we really get to the root um, of the heart problem, it's not going to be fixed. We can fix the symptoms all day long, but until we really get to the root of the problem, that is still going to come between us and God. Yeah, I 100% agree. And this actually ties into what I was saying a minute ago with unmet expectations. You know, um, I felt my whole life that I was going to be a wife and a mother, and here I am 32 years old, and still am not married and I don't have children and honestly I don't see any prospects right now and (laughs) you know that I would be willing to be like yes he's the one and so when I when I immerse myself in thinking about all these desires that I have and it's so easy to look at Facebook and Instagram and see all the baby announcements and all the wedding, the marriage announcement, you know, everybody's getting engaged. And um, I feel like even this past week, I had at least five baby announcements, which I'm really excited for them because I love them and I get to be Aunt Deb and get to love on their babies and everything. But, you know, when you're not in a good place and your focus is completely on all these desires that you have and you know, when you're not in the word and you're not, um, you know, your prayer life isn't what it should be in communication with God. It's so easy to get wrapped up into jealousy and, and breed that discontentment. And, you know, well, God, why, why does this other person have something that, you know, and I don't have it yet. I'm, I'm sitting here serving you. I, do I try to do all the things you tell me to do and yet why aren't these desires being met and it can even lead to resentment for my friends who are experiencing these awesome things that I also want to experience and when we when we like and we isolate from God and community and those things it's all just like this one dysfunctional time but when we do turn to the Lord, we're in his word, we remember who God is. And we also have to remember that God doesn't withhold good from his children. And so, you know, in my life right now, maybe the good right now is me being single and being able to serve him in this manner. 
and who knows what the future holds but right now I get to glorify God in this season in this way and so when my focus is on that I do have hope for a future I do have hope in the Lord that where he has me in my life I can experience joy and even though I go through periods of like grieving my singleness which I think if you've been single for any period of time, you've grieved it at some point. Um, And I don't have to be jealous of what someone else has. I can actually celebrate with them. So these five baby announcements that I've seen this past week, I can actually celebrate with my friends and be excited for them and not be like, Lord, but why not me? You know? And so I think that, once our perspective is correct, then we're able to celebrate in a completely different way and actually champion them and and how their life is and what they're doing. Yeah, that's so good. That's such a good word. I 100% agree with all of that, Um, (laughs) that this year has been the year of weddings and baby announcements and Mm -hmm. all the things. Um, And if we, if we take our eyes off of the Lord, it's very easy to get jealous and not want to be a part of that community and not really want to talk to God about it because we think that he's withholding from us. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, at that point, that's the point when we need to go to him. We have to reestablish that communication with him because that's the only way that it's going to get better. Mm-hmm. And not saying that your situation is going to change um, if you're in this situation with us, but it can change your heart. And that's what's most important. Yeah. Um, That's what he cares about the most. And that's the way that we can glorify him the most. So thank you so much, Deborah. Yeah. For being here, for uh, just showering us with your wisdom, as you (laughs) usually do. (laughs) I'm glad everyone gets to hear it and not just me. (laughs) Well, I was going to say, you never know. I mean, tomorrow can be completely different. The Lord can change things in time we don't even know, but that shouldn't be where our focus is. Like you said, it should be on God. And yes, thank you for having me. Yeah. Okay, guys. Um, If y'all want to check us out, you can check out our church at northpointbaptist.com. We hope you guys listen in next week. We really hope you could join us in person at uh, 6.30 p.m. on Sunday nights at the church. Um, And that information is on the church website. We hope to see you there. But if not, we hope you listen in next week. We'll talk to you guys then. Have a great week.